Breathing space includes mature content such as adult language, sexual situations, violence, and substance use. This episode contains death, suffocation, concussion, and a vehicle crash. Additional sensory contact warnings can be found in the show notes. I ain't got no home to go to, ain't got nothing to sell, but my stars will never leave me, even when I'm sold to hell. I was born under a blue sky, and I'll die out in the black, when I'm gone, don't no one mourn me, cause my debts will drag me Director Star. It's time we had a discussion. So, it's come to this, has it, Aiden? Locking me away in an airlock so I can't interfere in your silly little plans? Do you really think you can get off Tidal Station with the survey reports before anyone notices I'm missing? Do you really think the security staff will side with you over me? Oh, it's not just about the survey reports anymore, Nevea. Not now that I know what you did. What I did? And what exactly did I do? Apart from taking pity on you and inviting you into my bed. It's not what you did to me, Nevea. It's what you did to- Aiden? What's going on? What are you doing? Miss LaBlas, thank goodness. You have to help me. Dr. Nemesis seems to be having another one of his episodes. To the contrary, I couldn't be more coherent. After all, I only had those hallucinations because you were drugging me, Director. Paranoid delusions. You see? The moment I stopped letting you pour the wine at staff dinners, the episodes went away. You don't have to be a scientist to see the correlation. I know she's hurt you in the past, Aiden, but you can't just... space her. It's not about what she did to me. She killed Dr. Mateevic. She tried to kill you, Tranquility. What? The engine malfunction on your shuttle? The one that stranded Dr. Mateevic on Io during the volcanic storm and sent you shooting off into deep space? The one you wouldn't have survived if you hadn't been boarded by those peregrination criminals and held captive for months? What about it? It wasn't an accident, Tranquility. I have proof. I found records on her private terminal. She paid someone on the engineering team to sabotage your engines! Is that true, Director Star? Of course not. Why would I do something like that? <laughs> Maybe to keep Dr. Mateevic from taking what he found in the survey report to the marshals? To keep your project on the surface secret a little longer? Tranquility, you know that I love you. But the only way either of us will ever be safe 
is if Nevea Star is gone. <laughs> oh, please. There's only one person you've ever loved, and his name is Dr. Aiden Ashley Nemesis. You're not going to kill me, and you can take the report to the marshals for all I care. And then, I can tell them why you took that little trip to Ganymede last year, Doctor. And why little Miss Quilly has a hidden compartment back behind her shuttle's eight-back system. And then, we can all share one big happy prison cell. Won't that be cozy? Now, do you see? For both our sakes, Tranquility, let me do this. For us. No, Aiden. I'm not just going to let you kill her. There's a good girl. Now, just... Wait. What are you doing? We'll do it. Together. No! You can't! No! No! Cut! And then we CG in the airlock door opening, Star gets sucked out, Queely and Nemesis kiss, and that's an episode. Fantastic. Okay. Isa, you're perfect. Never change. Doing everything I can on that front, believe me. Ah. Guinevere, I really liked your coldness at the end of that take. Give me that again when we do the lab destruction scene down on the surface tomorrow. Got it. Axe, your performance was honestly a little flat, but we don't have enough time left for a reshoot if this is going to air next week. So, this is what we're going with. Send it to the editors! Okay, let's start loading up! <sighs> Fuck you too, Massey. Did you have something garlicky for lunch? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. One of the craft services people is from Ceres, and they made these really great noodly things. You should try them. I think I just did. Let's go, people! Key crew are already on the surface waiting for us. I want the bus loaded up and ready to go in the next hour! We need to be down on I.O. before tonight's eclipse so we can catch that atmospheric frost that makes everything look all dreamy and I can rub a third Sudsy Award for best production value in the face of my college cinematography professor. That includes the beautiful people, costumes back to the costumers, props to the prop masters, shower if you're going to, you can nap once we're en route to I.O. Guinevere, you done your interview for Redline Insider yet? Uh... No, I was going to do it before we left. No time. Get hair and makeup to clean you up a little before you load up. You can do the interview on the bus. Hey, you, wardrobe. Rosa? Ah, sure, whatever. Can we leave her in costume for the flight down? We definitely cannot. It's not safe if something goes wrong. Union contract says everyone getting on a ship's got to be in a pressure suit. Come on, it's an hour and a half shuttle flight. What's going to go wrong? She'll be fine. I'm pretty sure my crew chief would be happy to hop in the crew shuttle and come all the way back up here to give you a full three-hour presentation on a whole variety of things that could go wrong. In fact, I bet the Interstellar Alliance of Redline and Broadcast employees probably has a slideshow all ready to go with pictures and everything. You want me to call her? All right. All right. No need to get nasty. Belters. You can put her in one of those surface suits, though, right? The ones we use for the outdoor shots, with the title logo shit on the breastplate and, and the lights in the helmet and all that. Okay, yeah, I guess one of those would technically count. 
They're a little bulky to move around in in a cramped ship like the bus, but if she's just going to be sitting there talking to an Eliza, we can probably make that work. Thank you. That's all I ask for. Solutions. Making it work. That's what keeps our little station in orbit. No, you dumbass. A team of six overworked maintenance mechanics and a unionized pyrotechnics guy who's constantly reminding you that you can't blow holes in the exterior bulkheads is what keeps this station in orbit. Okay, let's get you out of pilot casual and into a suit. Yeah, okay. Uh, see you on the bus, I guess? Hmm? Uh, sorry, I'm on a blue line. What do you mean, none available for that date? <sighs> Look, just tell them it's for Anaximander Poirier. Yes, that Anaximander Poirier. And there's a signed headshot in it for them if they can get me a table. <sighs> Goddamn Terrans. <laughs> What's gonna go wrong? As if hundreds of thousands of people didn't get blasted out of the fucking sky just a few years ago because the sun wanted to give us a fun new answer to that question, but no. Even after basically living out here for literal years, nothing outside the gravity well is real to them. It's all just fucking red line. Uh, no offense. <laughs> so the part about the Terrans or the part about red line? Both, I guess. It's fine, I get it. I was still on Earth when the storm hit, but my uncle and his husband had retired to one of those orbital senior living communities, and... Well, the salvage team said it wasn't the whole 8-back system that failed, just the part that made more O2, so they probably... Uh, so they probably barely noticed anything was wrong, just... fell asleep. Sorry. Yeah. Seems like we've all got stories like that out here. Or worse. Yeah, I... Uh... Well, it makes me appreciate it even more when you stand up to Massey like that. So, thanks. Eh, somebody's gotta keep guys like him in line. Anyway, I'm pretty sure Massey thinks the Chief has a direct line to Dr. Gold and a ship full of IWM goons on standby, and that makes him a heck of a lot easier to bully. <laughs> but you're welcome. Take off your jumpsuit. Uh, but, uh, uh, well, I, uh, you, I mean, we... So, I can pack it up and get it back in the costume closet, and then you can put this on. Uh, oh, right. Uh, are you coming down to the surface for this round of filmmaking? Actually, yeah. Even riding down in the bus with you all. Massey wants some cosmetic damage and scorch marks on his Adora suit for after the lab burns. So I've got to make that happen without, you know, actually damaging her suit. Yeah, cool. Cool. Helmet. Helmet. I need to keep it on the whole flight, right? Honestly, probably not. Launch and landing, absolutely, but you can probably have it on your lap for the interview, provided you keep one hand on it. Just remember, the moment anything starts going wrong, helmet on, strap in, head down. Helmet on, strap in, head down. Got it. 
thanks again, Rosa. Just doing my job. See you on the bus. See ya. Hey, boss. The tie-down for this light stand is missing. You want me to find something to replace it? Uh, j- just put it in the rack. I'm sure it'll be fine. <clears throat> you want some free advice? Uh, what about? Don't play coy, kid. I may be over 30, but I still know what a crush looks like. I don't have a... Okay, fine. Maybe a little. What, gonna tell me not to shit where I eat? <laughs> We're in an aluminum cylinder smaller than the apartment block I grew up in. We're all shitting where we eat pretty much continuously. Do what you want to do. Have fun. If it gets messy, it gets messy. And cleaning up is the producer's job. Just try not to start daydreaming about taking her home with you. I just think she's cute, Isadora. I haven't even... I know, I know. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. But look, you and me and the other main cast, we spend a few months up here, then a few months back on Earth. Then a few up here, back and forth, etc. Rosa there? She's probably never been down a gravity well bigger than Ganymede's. She's lived her whole life out here in space. I don't know her life story or anything, but... Okay, maybe. So? So, at the end of the season, we go back down to Earth for the hiatus, and she's off working on a different show, or picking up shifts on a Yukon freight hauler, or, I don't know, running off to join the carnival. And who can say when or if she'll be back? People from up here, at least people who aren't lifers for one of the big corporations, they think of pulling up stakes and leaving as a completely normal thing. Something everybody does from time to time. Packing up and skipping town's a lot easier when you don't have all that much to pack, and belters tend to pack pretty damn light, metaphorically speaking. Not a slight on their character or anything, just how it is. Different cultural norms. Damn, who hurt you, Issa? If you don't want my advice, you don't have to take it. I just don't want to see you all brokenhearted and moping around the set come next season. It'll spoil the mood. (laughs) I hereby promise I will leave the mood unspoiled. You better. Come on, we better get on the bus. You know how big a tantrum Massey will throw if he misses the eclipse and we have to wait a whole 40 hours for the next one. Okay, folks, we are away from the station and have completed our initial deceleration burn, beginning descent towards Io. Should be safe for you to be up and moving around for the next half hour or so. Okay, here we go. (sighs) Nervous about the interview? Oh, uh, a little, I guess. I've done interviews for the show, obviously, but I've never done one with an Eliza system before. Don't worry about it. Eliza's interviews are easy. Tech's a lot better than it used to be. Just talk to it like you're talking to a person. As long as you don't say anything really weird, the database will be able to find a response to play back. And hey, unlike an actual interviewer, you don't have to worry about hurting its feelings or having it judge you. That's not really something I was worried about, but great. You're welcome. Oh, uh... Rosa said we should keep a hand on our helmets if we're going to have them off during the flight. (laughs) I'm sure she did. Nothing bad is going to happen on a rootsy little hop like this. I'll be fine. Welcome to Eliza. Interview simulation initializing. 
Stand by. Deep breaths. Calm. Just act like it's a real person, but don't say anything weird. Easy. Hi everyone, I'm Henrietta Demerchi, and this is Redline Insider. Right now, I'm on the set of the hottest soap opera in the solar system, Tidal Heat. And today, I'm talking to Tranquility Laplace herself, Guinevere Abtangelo. Guinevere, it is so nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, Henrietta. Where are we, and what's happening right now? Well, we're currently on the bus, uh, that's our cast transport shuttle, and we've just left Bowman Orbital, the place the viewers know as Tidal Station, to head down to the surface of Io for a few days of shooting at the lab complex on the surface. Uh, if you look just over there, you can actually see the day side of Io right out the window. That is fascinating. When Tranquility was added to the main cast of the show last season, fans were excited to see how she'd shake things up, and they have not been disappointed. Do you have any favorite Tranquility moments from the show so far? Oh gosh, so many. Uh, the showdown with Dr. Nemesis over the black market gene sequencers, you know, shouting back and forth while we tried to get the drop on each other in that maze of cargo crates. That was an enormously fun scene to shoot. And, I mean, of course, the whole smuggling blackmail arc that introduced Quilly was great. Like, you know, a little intimidating as someone just joining the main cast, but great. What do you mean? Oh, just, like, I had played Tranquility in a couple of episodes before, but just as a side character in the Luna Syndicate storyline. And then for her first plot arc as a full member of the cast, she's immediately going toe-to-toe with Nevaeh Star. Oh, but... Isadora was so great. She's a fantastic actress to work with and really helped me find Tranquility's voice. Wow, that is so great! With your storyline so closely connected to the rivalry between Director Star and Dr. Nemesis, I know things have started getting heated on screen. But the majority of the cast and crew of Tidal Heat also lives together on set for months at a time. That's right. So, has any of that heat lingered behind the scenes, either as tension or as, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, nothing like that. Uh, We have fun, and everyone gets frustrated from time to time, but at the end of the day, we're all professionals, and we've all got a job to do. All I'm saying is, if I knew Anaximander Poirier was showering right next to my room, I'm not sure I'd be able to think about anything else. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I have an enormous amount of professional respect for Axe, but no, we are just friendly co-workers. So, is there anyone on the station who has caught your eye? Or someone back down on Earth, maybe? Well, I... Okay, now just hold still. I don't want to have to paint these cracks on your faceplate a third time. We're in a moving vehicle, kid. There's only so much I can do. The bus is not a Mars crawler. We're on a ballistic trajectory under zero thrust. It's literally the smoothest ride there could possibly be. Now, hold still so I don't paint over your eye again. The things we do for art. I'm still single for the moment, but off the record, I wouldn't say there's no one I'm interested in up here. In compliance with journalistic, ethical, and legal best practices, The ELISA system does not record or attempt to parse any response containing the words off the record. 
Would you like the Eliza system to restate the last question? Uh... Yes, please. So, is there anyone on the station who has caught your eye? Or someone back down on Earth, maybe? No, I'm still single. Uh, at least for now. So, you're on this space station, in orbit around Io, for months at a time. What do you do for fun out here? Well, we- Holy shit! Look at that! Oh, wow. Looks like Io is giving us a show today. Is something happening? Uh, there's a volcano on the surface that just started erupting. It's throwing up a pretty big dust cloud just off our right-hand side. Uh, sorry, one second. Sure, just let me know when you're ready to continue. Whoa, haven't seen a big blast eruption like that since... Hey, Issa, when was the illegal seismic testing storyline? Early season two, I think. Right, right. Hmm, we could use this. I should be filming this. We're going to pass pretty close to the dust plume. It might be a good idea for everyone to suit up and strap in, just in case. You know, your problem is that you worry too much. The bus isn't some foil-wrapped space probe. If it can handle landing on a planet's surface, I think it can handle a little volcano dust. It's not just volcano dust, hey, there's- Hey, you! Up in the cockpit! You want to roll us about 45 degrees to the right? Or starboard or whatever? I want to get some good space volcano footage. Once we're past the dust cloud, I can spin around for a few minutes. Right now, I want to keep our belly pointed at it just in case we... See? Nothing to worry about. What? What's going on? What's happening? Ah! 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 Oh my god! Oh my god! Where the hell is my helmet? Helmet oh on! Strap uh, in, heads down! Now! My helmet! Uh, helmet Where on, my strap helmet? in, head down. Helmet on, strap 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 in, head down. Guinevere, are you conscious in there? Guinevere, can you hear me? I... Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, thank fuck. I was worried you'd gotten crushed by camera equipment or something. Can you move? Mm, probably. Pretty much everything hurts, but I don't think anything's broken. Give me a minute. Uh, see, the thing is, we may not have a minute. There's kind of a lava flow moving towards the bus, and I don't think there's time for me to crawl all the way back in there to help you get out. There's a gap in the hull toward the back of the ship. I'm reaching in through it now. Can you see my hand? Let me... Ah! What happened? Are you okay? Yeah, just... The Eliza's system's apparently still online. Pushed aside a crate, and now Henrietta Demircy is staring at me. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Issa, is that you? Isadora's out here with me. Did everyone else get out okay? Right now, I'm focused on getting you out. Alright? Can you see my hands? 
I, yeah, I see it. The gap's pretty low. I'm not sure I can crawl through it in this suit. You don't have to. Lie flat and grab my hand. I'll pull you through. Ready. Okay. On three. One. Two. Three. <clears throat> hey. Hey. Hey, Issa. Mm. Is she okay? <laughs> Better than Massey. I think she's probably got a concussion, got hit bad across the back of the helmet, rattled her head around in there pretty good. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. Where is Massey? Where's the pilot? Pilot got tagged by something small and fast. Probably never knew what hit him. Should have had a co-pilot, but the contract didn't specifically require one, so here we are. And Massey got hit by the same unsecured light stand that got Isadora, but he took it full force right in the faceplate. I doubt he suffered long either. Oh. And... And Axe? I found Poirier's helmet while I was helping Isadora get out. It was wedged under his seat. Got pinned in there by a bent-up floor plate. He couldn't have pulled it out even if he'd remembered where he'd put it, and... We need to get moving. It ain't easy to see from here, but that lava flow upslope is active, and it's coming this way. Not fast, maybe a quarter of a meter per second, but... Uh, sorry, I... Grew up in the California Broadcasting Republic, and I'm still not great with metric. How fast is that? It's uh, slower than a brisk walk, but faster than a mosey. It'll get here sooner than you'd think. And we need to be on the move well before that happens. Okay, uh, where do we go? High ground, to start with. Once we get up off this lava field, we can figure out what our options are. Should we try... It feels wrong to just... Leave them in there. The lava's going to do a number on the bus, but I doubt it'll completely destroy everything. The salvage team will recover them. Or what's left of them. We need to stay focused on the living. Can you walk? I think so, yeah. Good. Do you think you can help me with Isadora? I... I can try. Okay. Let's get going. How are we doing? Okay? I could probably use a break soon. Can't see very well either. There's a lot of glare from the faceplate lights in my helmet. Yeah, that's why they don't put those in real spacesuits. They're there for the benefit of the cameras, not the wearer. Just a few more paces. Once we're past that rock over there, we should be safe for a few. Isadora, how about you? Still with us? I want a nap and a cocktail. Is there anything else I'm not allowed to do with a concussion? Operate heavy machinery? Wanna do that, too. Feeling good enough to crack jokes. That's good. Uh, what about you? Are, are you okay? Honestly, probably not. The moment I don't need to keep it together anymore, I'm probably gonna be a wreck. But we're not there yet. So, 
Okay. We're good here for a, a little while, I think. Could probably sit down for a few minutes. Well, the good news is that I'm pretty sure those little orange things on that ridge across the way are boundary markers for the research facility safe zone. So, one of the facility outbuildings should be just over the ridge, and we should be able to blue line the main facility from there. Shouldn't they already be looking for us? Shouldn't they have seen the shuttle go down? We were over the horizon for both Bowman and the surface facility when we got hit, and no distress call ever went out. So I doubt anyone knows there's a problem yet. We're later than we were supposed to be, but it's not like the bus has never arrived hours late to a shoot because Massey decided he wanted to do an impromptu low-orbit spacewalk shoot mid-transit. Fuck. I hated that shoot. Touching faceplates to talk might be sexy and dramatic, but try holding that position for three hours straight. Eventually, they'll figure out something's wrong and come looking for us, but I don't think we can count on that happening before we run out of air. So we get to the sensor shed, calm the crew, and they come get us. Okay. And you said that's the good news? Yeah. The bad news is that the reason the safe zone starts on the other side of that ridge is that the whole expanse between us and there is more lava field. It all looks pretty cold and solid from here, but some of that is probably just a thin layer of rock over fluid lava, and without any sort of thermal imaging gear, or, like, a long stick, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to tell where it's safe to step. Could probably go around, head all the way to the bottom and cut across there, but then at the rate we've been moving, that'll probably take days, and we don't have days. Unless we... Please, don't leave. What? You were going to say we could split up. That you could run ahead and get there faster, and and maybe you could, but I... I just... I don't want to be one of those stories. Or for you to be one. I To go off and have something happen to you, I... I don't want to have a story about the cute girl I really liked who went for help and never came back. I can't- Hey, 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 hey. It's okay. We're okay. I'm right here, Guinevere. It's okay. I'm sorry. It just- It's okay. And when I said that everyone out here has one of those stories, I should have told you the other part. The other part? It's true that everyone out here has a sad story about someone they lost, but everyone out here also has a story about how they were centimeters away from death and survived. About how they got the damaged 8-sack working with two hair clips and an NEM wrapper, or how they spacewalked to a nearby ship using a fire extinguisher for an RCS thruster, or about how their drive malfunctioned and would have dropped them into Neptune if a peregrination free trader hadn't appeared out of nowhere to pull them back into a stable orbit. And that's the kind of story we're going to be telling about this, okay? The story about how we got through this alive. Okay. Hell of a monologue, kid. I don't think you're supposed to slow clap with a concussion. Don't care. Doing it anyway. 
Hey, look. Wow. Didn't expect it to get dark that quickly. Is that frost on the rocks? Sulfur dioxide frost, mostly. The eclipse has started and the sun's behind Jupiter now, so the temperature's dropping and the whole atmosphere is freezing out. What? I looked it up after our last shoot on planet. I'm really glad you did, because you may have just saved us. I... what? Frost on the rocks because the atmosphere's temperature is dropping, yes. But also because the rocks are cold enough for it to form on. But it won't freeze on the rocks that are still hot. We'll be able to see which ones are safe. Exactly. How long do we have until the sun comes back? Two goddamn hours. Uh, Massey. Move it, people. We've only got two goddamn hours until the sun comes back. Let's get this scene shot. Right. Okay, that's going to be a tight timetable. Isidore, are you feeling up to walking? Let's see. Mmm. Nope. Mm, thought I might be recovering, but I got dizzy the moment I tried to stand up. Okay. Um... I can carry her. You can? Are you sure? I'm sure. I've had practice. I had to Princess carry Axe around half of Bowman during the station lockdown at the end of last season, both of us in pressure suits at full Earth gravity. On Io, you weigh, what, nine kilos? Flatterer. With the glare from the faceplate lights, I'm not sure I can see well enough to find a path, but I can see well enough to follow you. I'll stay right behind you. Okay. But if you need to stop or slow down at any point, say something. Don't let me get ahead of you. I will. Okay, Issa, one arm around my shoulder. Just like that. And... See? Light as a feather. My hero. Hey, if Rosa's right and the story I tell about this is how I survived a deadly shuttle crash and a desperate, dangerous trek across the lava fields of Io, it'll be an even better story if I made that desperate, dangerous trek tenderly cradling Isadora Zhang in my arms. Ah, <sighs> actors. <laughs> I knew it. You might present yourself as all restrained and well-adjusted, but deep down you're as big a scenery-chewing ham as I am. Shh. Don't tell anyone. A disaster on the set, an interview turned tragedy, and it's all captured by our cameras. I'm Henrietta DiMerci, and this is Redline Insider. Tonight, exclusive footage recovered by Redline Insider from the shuttle crash on the set of Tidal Heat sheds new light on the causes of the crash, the terror of the three survivors, and the last desperate moments of the life of Anaximander Poirier. A warning, some of what we're about to show you may be disturbing to some viewers. Turn that shit off, fucking vultures. In retrospect, I probably should have thrown the Eliza console into one of the lava flows. Probably, but we all had other things on our minds at the time. Certainly wasn't top priority for me right at that moment. (laughs) So, how are you feeling, Issa? I'm surprised. 
surprised they haven't released you yet. Oh, I'm mostly fine at this point. I probably could have gotten discharged last week, but the physical therapist they assigned me wants to make sure my spending so much time in space hasn't done anything unexpected to my bone density. Also, said physical therapist is an extremely hot 30-something, and if the producers are going to be footing the bill to put me up in the luxury suite of the fanciest medical orbital in the system, I might as well milk it a little. I'd say you've earned the break. Damn right. Let Director Star stay dead for a little while. He'll make her come back that much bigger. What about you? They're not pushing you too hard to go back, are they? No, the new director is having the writer's room elevate some of the B-plots to A-plots for the next little while until I feel up to it. They had me film a couple quick pickups from my hotel room. One buying two tickets to Mercury, one calling Director Star to tell her everything's going according to plan. Of course. I wonder how long it'll take them to bring back Dr. Nemesis with a new face. Oh, I'm sure he'll be back before the end of next season. Heaven forbid the show actually kill off a character for good. Or have any respect for the dead. So, when they do call and start asking if you're ready to come back, do you think you're going to go? Or is Tranquility Laplace going to need a new face, too? I'm... I'm not sure yet. The studio higher-ups have been talking about how seriously they take on-site safety and how they're taking every reasonable precaution to minimize future risks, but... There are rumors they've also been in talks with Yukon about getting the show on Sapling Prime, but since Yukon sees YRB as one step away from the IWM, they're hung up on the all-union crew. And since the union contract is the only reason there were any safety rules on set in the first place... That talk about minimizing future risk seems like it's worth about as much as the Anywhere in 24 guarantee. Huh. Sounds about right. And yet, I can't help but notice our Guinevere hasn't forsworn space entirely and run back home to Earth. True, I'm still up here. Does a certain wardrobe manager have anything to do with that? She might. Oh, really? Spill. Uh, we... Uh, I mean... Okay. Rosa has some college friends who live on... Uh... There's this station out near Venus with a lot of aspiring and indie actors and theater folks. I and... know about the backlot kid. Where do you think I was working when I first auditioned for Tidal Heat? Really? Really. No, honestly, you do seem like the type. Well, so I've got some old friends living on the back lot who've taken over one of the black box theaters on the station. They're staging this production that's like partially a retelling of Greek mythology and partially about the anti-Yukon independence movement on Dion. The script is really good. I've seen it and the song's just really incredible. And they asked her to do the costume design. Which, well, isn't exactly studio rates, but it does give me a chance to actually use my degree for a change, which is nice. And since this started as a story about why Guinevere is still in orbit, I'm guessing you invited her to go with you? Don't worry, I'm not jumping into things. Please. We're... One, I'm not old enough to be your mom. You don't have to justify your actions to me. And two, fuck it. Forget anything I said before. Go, run off with the cute girl, make mistakes, get your heart broken, or live happily ever after. And if you decide you do want to come back, uh, I'll make them write you back into the show. 
You would, wouldn't you? Of course. If they complain, I'll just threaten to quit. After all, no one could possibly replace me. Who else but Isadora Zhang could do justice to the role of Director Nevea Star? No one, Director. No one but you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of Breathing Space. This episode, Tidal Heat, was written and directed by James Big and edited by Cale Brown. Dr. Aiden Ashley Nemesis was voiced by Anaximander Axe Poirier. Anaximander Axe Poirier was voiced by Michael E. Fremantle. Director Nevea Starr is voiced by Isadora Zhang. Isadora Zhang is voiced by Christina McLean. Tranquility Laplace is voiced by Guinevere Abtandolo, is voiced by Ari Dillon. Massey is voiced by Wyatt West. Rosa is voiced by Emma Skinner. Henrietta DiMucci is played by Faye Holiday. Additional voice work by Charlie Caruso Neal, Daisy McNamara, and Amy Young. Our theme, Blues for the Black, is composed by Michael Freitag, with vocals by Jeremiah, and lyrics by Scott Paladin. You can find links to learn more about our cast and crew in the show notes and more information about our show at our website, breathingspace.lawofnames.com. Breathing Space is a Law of Names production. When you think of series, you think of, well, big automated ore refining plants, engineers with serious expressions, and industrial cafeterias. So you can imagine my surprise when we got a tip that Ceres was the new hotspot in the system for pop-up food trucks and some of the most innovative street food around. Of course, we had to check it out. And if anything, our tipster was underselling it. Welcome to the Ceres Rambles. We're here on Matt Gibson Boulevard in Engineering Dome 1 just to see what the heck is going on here on Ceres. And this is not the Ceres you've seen in the vids before. Gone are the harsh white LED banks and eye-watering sodium arc lamps, and in their place, amazing neon tube artistry, solar bulb installations, big and small food stalls as far as the eye can see, and meters and meters of murals down this main boulevard honoring the scientists and engineers that laid the foundations for our interplanetary community. We did some research, delicious, delicious research, when we got here. And eventually, we tracked down the food truck that everyone agrees was the catalyst for this cultural change. Akuna Lee, head chef and miracle worker of the noodle smelter. So, it all started when... Pedal Heat had an onset accident and production stalled. They said it would only be a week or two, but that turned into a month, and then two. We were there to provide craft services to the production, but if they're not shooting, no one's eating. And if no one's eating, we don't get paid. We had a bit of padding in our bank account, but the last hold extension left us without enough to contract shipping space to the next site, even on a Neptunian cycler. Akuna, what was series like when you started out? Is it bad if I say depressing? (laughs) Maybe. 
Industrial chic, but without the chic. Identical corridors and alleys. People following their shifts to the microsecond, eating the same nem at identical corporate cafeterias every cycle. We ate at a few when money started to get tight. And I'm not sure even the menu displays actually knew the difference between Taco Tuesday and Lasagna Sunday. Oof. Well, one day we were cooking outside our cubicle. Just a small, portable butane wok. Messing around with ideas. Joe, she's always playing with flavors and textures. Loves to experiment. Anyway, so this guy, he makes a beeline for us. Seems pretty pissed off. But as soon as he gets into smell range, his whole face changes. He says, Is that... Do I smell kimchi? And we're like, yeah. Grab a bowl and tuck in. Kimchi's the taste of home for so many people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely foundational to some Earth cuisines. Chewan's always got something fermenting. Got us into trouble at biological control points a few times, but... Well, you gotta have it. Anyway... Turns out this guy does double duty as a fire marshal and a magnetic induction smelter designer. So he's like, you really can't have a big open flame like this on series. But I think I can make you something just as good. You know, maybe even better. No open flames. That's gotta be a challenge. Nah, just for a few things. There are plenty of environments around where they don't want you burning gas. The HVAC folks complain, or there's welding fuel around, or they've got older generation fire alarms. Or they just don't want you spraying aerosolized grease around during a sudden loss of gravity. Doing craft services, you learn to bend around whatever constraints the location throws your way. So what happened next? Well, next day he comes back with this hilarious steampunk-looking contraption that he plugs into a power port. And damn if he hasn't just knocked together an induction walk. It warmed up to 600 degrees in seconds, and the needle barely moved when we started cooking it. Best wok hay I've ever seen. I'm like, isn't this going to trip air quality sensors? And he says no. This place is equipped to blow away radon and arsene leaks. Well, a cooking smell isn't going to make anyone blink. And that's when we started cooking for folks. Just on the sidewalk? Yeah, right out there. And there were a few times where we thought we were going to get into trouble. But it turned out there were actually no rules about street food. Nobody had even thought to write them in. Because all of Sirius was just one big factory to begin with. Wow. How'd that turn out? Our friend did something very smart. There was a two-day Sirius Minerals Corporation board meeting. And he hired us to cater. But just the first day. Who followed you up? Well... It was food from the industrial kitchen. Aha, got it. That broke things open. Other people had gotten the taste for something other than rewarmed nem and decided to bring their own kitchens out onto the street whenever they could. Sounds like a bit of a free-for-all. Yeah, sure. But still more mouths than cooks by then. So, Sirius Minerals dedicated a few streets specifically for us and leased space in the nearby cafeteria for storage and prep. Well, I have to say... Surprisingly reasonable rates for a company town. So, what about all of this art? It barely feels like series here on the boulevard. That's following behind us a bit. Some folks like eating, but don't like cooking. And they felt left out of the creativity, I guess. It's in the same lingual gray area as we were a few months ago. But I personally think the genie's out of the bottle. 
I think contentment can be contagious. So, what are we cooking today? Let's head on over to the truck. That is a great looking device. This is the induction walk? Version 3, apparently. Some ergonomic improvements and some safety controls. Version 2, there was a ground fault and the walk kind of, well, melted under us. That was exciting. I bet. Dinner and a show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today we're doing some fun walking food. It's a bit of a twist on the bird's nest. Oh, careful. That oil is at temperature. Oh, thank you for the warning. No, that's my fault. Okay. We're going to take these prepared noodles, make a bit of a disc, and then press in on the middle to make a pocket. These are a little sticky. More gluten? More gluten. Some extra starch in the water. We really want them to hold together. Yeah, that looks great. Now, let's put in some of that filling. We're using them with kind of a seitan consistency that we've marinated in soy, sesame oil, and garlic. But if Mars was closer by, I'd probably throw in some bulgogi marinated steak. Pork belly's good, too. Yeah, just enough to be there. Put a bit of kimchi on there. Yeah, good. This kimchi smells incredible. Chewan's recipe? Oh, you know it. We had to rent a separate compartment for the fermentary. Some centiverse folks were complaining. But good doors make good neighbors. I don't think I'd complain. I... Whew. I kind of want to bathe in this. Uh, that'd be tingly. Okay, okay. Final step. Crack an egg in there, and then close it up with some more noodles. Yeah, good. Time to fry? Time to fry. We slide them on in the spider here. And there it goes. Hmm. That smell would bring folks from streets away. Alright. That's probably about enough time. Let's fish them out and drop them on this rack over here. Just so we don't get a handful of hot oil. And while we're waiting, let's talk about sauce. You've got a dip. You've got a dip. We're using basically a tanksiuk sauce today. Really not complicated to do. Just water, starch, soy sauce, vinegar, and sugar. When we're cooking on the street, we'll do a few different sauces, including ones for folks who like to burn their tongues off. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having options. And sometimes even a spice hound like me just wants something simple. All right. I think it's time to eat. Ooh, that is fun. It's like Korean taco meets Martian madness fried decadence. And the egg, I like that. It's acting as a binder, but also you get so much crispy, lacy fried egg edge because of how it went through the noodles. It worked out really well. And it's easy to carry around with you as you check out the latest artwork on the boulevard. And then come back for a second helping. I hope so. Coming up, we see what else is cooking on series, we'll check out the hottest pizza oven in the belt, and then I get to help paint a mural. 